Ahoy, ahoy, welcome back to another episode and our final episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Not the final episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Our us, final. as your host. Us as your host. Yeah, each week, Movies by Minute hosts, like us, examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. You already know that. I'm Tyson Ferris. I'm Jeremy Sternhagen. I'm Mark Ferris. And uh, today we got North by Northwest, Minute 30. Minute 30 starts with Roger, looking who's here. And it ends with the maid asking Mr. Kaplan if he remembers. And does he? I don't know. Because uh, our minute ends. <laughs> oh, so tune in Monday. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I want to bring up uh, a red herring. And it's the picture that has James Mason in it. Yeah. And James Mason was never at the UN. And it is a it is a plot device and it's for uh, the audience. Yeah, I was and they, it makes no they, sense in the they, context of the movie. Yeah, I was looking at it like, is this a faked so we gotta get into a little bit into other minutes here. Yeah. So apologies to uh, next week when the big reveal comes. Um, minutes later, it is revealed that this entire uh, 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 hotel room has been faked by the U.S. government. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if they faked this, they put the dandruff brush, hairbrush and uh, uh, the guy's clothes in the closet and all this stuff. Why do they have a picture of James Mason? Well, he's the bat. He's the bad guy. First and foremost, the room is staged for the hotel staff. Yeah, but it's really not staged for. It's not staged for. Uh, but Gary why Grant would they or, put in? Right. Why would they put a picture of James Mason at the UN unless the James Mason people have gotten into this hotel room too? But if that's the case, they wouldn't think that he's Kaplan anymore, right? My thought is that the room is staged but by... Why would they put a picture of their guy in the in his room if they think it's Cary Grant? My theory is that the room is staged. Obviously, we know it's staged by yeah, the government. By the government. As their cover, decoy, whatever. Their false agent. Their false agent. Yeah. And if they're going to stage it, they may as well stage it for if, let's just say, James Mason sends his thugs in there. Don't they want to see a little evidence of like, yeah, this is definitely our guy. He's definitely spying on us. However. Oh, he's even got a picture of you? Right. However, it gets a little uh... messy because as we find out, is it in our minute when he goes through the closet for the clothes? Or is that in the next minute? I think, I think that that's in so the next minute. Apologies to whoever's hosting next week, but it these overlap a bit. Yeah, the there's so many holes. I mean, I guess there'd have to be holes in there. You're shaking your head. What do you got to say? All right, guys, guys, you you're getting way too <laughs> into this, and there's there's no rational explanation. 
it, it's, it's a plot device. It's not a plot hole. It's a plot device. And uh, it's stringing the audience along. And um, listening to uh, Ernie Lehman, the audience doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. And so it, you're, you're, you're like saying, I, it's kind of like in the big sleep where there's a guy that gets killed and no, nobody knows who killed the guy. Like, no, if and you look we, at the, we don't never find it. You never find out. Right. It's like, and even I think Chandler got asked, I think by Bogart, like, Hey, who kills like the so-and-so? And he's like, no. Right. Do you know, I've, I've started the big sleep like three times and never finished it. Oh, you got to watch the big sleep, man. I think I always... I always get way too cozy. Oh, it's <laughs> and I fall asleep. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, it's it's um, a it's a yummy little movie. I love it. Yeah, it's it's Hitchcock and the screenwriter uh, manipulating the audience. Okay. And and uh, it and if you think about it, it well, this is in future minutes, but it it when we find out the truth. Uh, it's a bigger surprise. It's correct, a bigger surprise correct. too. I'll, I'll try it. I'll but you know, it, 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 it is our, it is our job, you know, doing minute by minute analysis. You know, we got to get into why it's, I think you're right. And I agree with you. Uh, but we, you know, we are supposed to, I mean, yeah, nitpick this. And, and Hitchcock <laughs> is, you know, is the master manipulator of the audience. Yeah, yeah. He he divulges information and nobody else, none of none of the characters know, or he keeps stuff from us, and then we find out. Yeah, absolutely. As a surprise, uh, and and obviously there's several surprises. Yeah, in this film. But yeah, I think I think though in a in a rational way though, like if you if you start pulling on this thread, like and I I don't think I ever noticed it in real time watching this film, not once. Right. But in this minute by minute uh, way, uh, you start pulling this thread, and you know there's no sweater left. This know? movie is so by Ernest Lehman's own admission, it's designed to be the quote unquote ultimate Hitchcock movie. Yep. But really, what that's what he's saying is this movie is just a vehicle to be full of Hitchcocky tropes. Sure. And to just say what you said in a different way, Tyson, the, this movie's first and foremost goal is to be fun. And I think we said that last week too. Yeah. It's not about a mystery. You know, most Hitchcock movies, the, 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 the core plot is a MacGuffin, mm-hmm. you know, what's at stake, what thing they're trying to hide or protect or whatever. But more than any other or there's a, movie, or, there, or there's some sort of mystery involved. Yeah, you know, some um, some suspense, some who sure. whatever. But more than any other Hitchcock movie, this one is designed to be fun, and you're not supposed to think too hard. It's almost a spoof of other. It's almost like Hitchcock going, "This is where I'm at in my career. I'm just gonna." Do the thing you want me to do. And in a way, I want to say, and this kind of goes back to us talking about how this isn't Hitchcock's best work. It's full of all the Hitchcock things you expect, but in a way, it's Hitchcock just... It's kind of like... Like, here's my greatest hits. This is what you want. Yeah, it's like Hitchcock on Hitchcock. Have fun. Tastes good. Yeah. Well, you know, one of of the things that is apparent um, 
And once again, I don't know if anybody before us talked about this, but the, 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 how this screenplay came about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, or even how this film came about <clears throat> it. So Hitchcock was, did we talk about that board. last week at all? I don't think did we did. Talk about the, the wreck of the Mary. A little bit, yeah. The, the wreck of the Mary Deer. What, the problem is, is Tyson and I podcast so much. I know that we brought up that the wreck of Mary Deer was a Hitchcock project that fell apart, and this is what came it instead. Exactly, fa- fall apart. Hitchcock's he involvement. Would, yeah, he's supposed to be making it. He's he, got, he got Lehman br- on board. My understanding is he got brought on to MGM to do this wreck of the Mary Deer, and they're like. That's what we want you to do. He's like, great, I want to do it. And he's like, this is my, this is the screenwriter. I want to help uh, adapt the the book that you guys want. And they go, great. And they bankroll him, and he gets final cut and all this stuff. And then he goes, to, no, he says, I'll see you at the premiere. See you at the premiere. Like, and the MGM's going, yay, doing a happy dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes to he goes to Ernest and goes. Uh, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little, it's slightly more involved. And once again, this is from Ernie's point of view. Yeah. But he, he f- first was brought on board. Like, but, but Hitchcock and, took the movie knowing full well he was never going to I, do it. I believe that. Yeah. But Ernie didn't know that at first. That I and do he believe. he came to yeah. Hitchcock, he goes... I'm sorry, Hitch. I can't do a screen. I can't figure out how to do a screenplay of this, of this book, uh-huh. of this story. And and Hitchcock, that's okay. That's we're gonna we're going to <laughs> do. And so they started pitching ideas to each other. Yeah, and he's and like, the, the, do, do you like talking about baseball? <laughs> I've got a lovely picture. Yes. Okay, and the, the, the <laughs> kernel, the sand in that, that put, that was put in the oyster that uh, resulted in this magnificent pearl of a film. I hope you got that recorded. Yeah, that's that good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I didn't write that down. That was totally ad-libbed. Um, uh, was, was, Hitchcock wanted to film a chase scene at Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. And from there, this film. Well, and very specifically, he, from he, there. he had an idea of Cary Grant being chased uh, into Lincoln's nose. <laughs> and it, I on, guess. On Mount Rushmore. And then like some dust kicking up and he starts sneezing uncontrollably in Lincoln's nose. So it's and that's true. how they find him. Hitchcock is at a point in his career who's he's just going like, I'm just going to, it's like a joke to him. Like I'm, I can just do this cause I can, cause I am Alfred Hitchcock and this is the movie I can make at this point in my career. Yeah. So and more they, power to him. They did eventually. So Lehman got 65 pages on the first 65 pages, which is, I don't know, about 20% or so. Of North of, by Northwest. Yes. He got that done. And he, it sounded like it went really easy for him. Mm-hmm. And so Hitchcock then went and pitched it to MGM. Well, MGM, yes, yes. Do it, because now they think we got Hitchcock for two films. Because they still think <laughs> the wreck of the Mary Deer is still going. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, uh, um, 
yeah, they were, so when the MGM would check on him, oh yeah, we're working on the married, but anyway, so then he, so he pitched 65 pages of the script. But so is the picture in the hotel room, is it a faked photo? <laughs> to, me, to me, I'll be honest with you, it, I'm just joking. I know, but it does look like it's been photoshopped. Right? It doesn't it look like... Like his head's been stuck his in? His head has been stuck on But there. then by, who is it photoshopped by? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> guys need to let that go. It doesn't matter. I know. The audience it, doesn't care. I know it doesn't. I just thought it'd be funny to bring it up again. Um, what else? Uh, well, Hitchcock was right to not do Wreck of the Merry Deer, or maybe he was wrong, uh, because Wreck of the Merry Deer went on to be released in the same year, 1959. It cost $2.6 million to make, and at the box office made two point. Eight million dollars, basically a broke a break even flop for MGM. Gotcha. Um, How much money would it have made if Alfred made it? I, I think he was completely uninterested. Yeah. In well, and yeah. I've never heard of the picture. Like Charlton Heston and uh, Gary Cooper. Oh wow! Oh, who would have guessed those guys made a movie together? Huh. I did not know they made a movie together. They did. Well. <laughs> So Bridge, does he maybe play Bridge? My grandma. My parents did. Yeah, I was going to say your I learned parents. Bridge in high school, uh, and I went to, my mom organized it, and I went to learn because most of the very highly intelligent, pretty girls in our school. Played Bridge? Well, they were in the class. Uh. And so hanging out with them was uh, there you go. And, <laughs> and it, but is it icon. is it? I wasn't aware it was played for money. Yeah, you can't. I I can't tell you exactly. It, it probably is. Aren't you know, there like there's, partners? There's partners, and and you play hands. You play uh-huh. rounds of it. I, I and don't get me into the nuance of it because I never. I only brought it up just because some dates out of it, but I didn't. I didn't uh, yeah. conquer bridge. Sure, uh, but um, yeah, I'm sure at a but certain it's a, level of society, at least back then, there was probably some betting going on of these nice, nice middle-aged women. But my under, but my understanding is it's a it's a team card game. It is. Yeah, you have a partner. Yeah, so that's interesting because that's usually not how. <laughs> Any other card games are played, right? No, yeah. it's in fact it, the team element, uh, the partner element is like huge. Yeah, um, interesting. Um, I did want to say something about just once again, just letting us know about the hotel. I love that he. There's a thing on near the nightstand, and you've got buttons. Yeah, yeah. And I you love can, that. you know. And it's not can... even writing. It's just a picture of a maid <laughs> next to the button. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just going, I'm going, one, I wonder, there's probably nothing like that anywhere. I mean, maybe there is, but it's definitely. And also, how is that technology working? Well, it probably I'm, there's lights I'm over the door. that there's a maid's quarter or there's a maid. But she's actively working the hallway, going room to room. How is that buzzing her? I, well, 
there could be a light by the room. There could be, but you'd have to be out in the hallway to see it. Right. He only clicks it once and it immediately summons her. Because movie. I was like, does she have like some like... But, but that had to be a thing. I mean, I, I don't think they just made that up. That that was a thing in high-level, sure. very expensive hotels. I'm just saying, it works like almost like a pager would work. Yeah, yeah. But like, I know that didn't exist. But maybe 59. there was a, a room on every other floor or something where maids... I mean, they had people that their total job was to run the elevator. Yeah. That was their job. Yeah. Yeah. She was, Elsie, Elsie is her name? Elsie, I believe. She's probably the maid just for that floor. Yeah. That's yeah. her floor. And, yeah. and, and handles all. Um, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. She, I mean, she comes lickety split and like, I was like, just like, I'm not entirely sure how that technology is working but uh, yeah but i just liked it as a as a just it, oh no it's, just it just it just very subtly sold again that and probably think about it in 1959 maybe even today but in 1959 how many people in the audience actually ever stayed zero at 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 a hotel of that level well, can you imagine, I mean, even to, in today's standards, you just look at the size of the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And it's what, a th- what is it, 1,000 I mean, a night, 2,000 a night? Well, just it's, it's, it's one of the bigger hotel rooms I've ever seen. Like, yeah. um, uh, yeah. That video that I watched that toured the hotel, I specifically remember them mentioning that like in 19, you know, when the hotel was built in the whenever, that rooms were roughly five to 600 square feet. And that when they renovated in the last, you know, in our lifetime, they brought them up to like 900 square feet. Wow. So wow. Yeah, other than when I've stayed in like a timeshare <laughs> condo, I've never been in a hotel that big. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, and so they're going through his stuff. He goes into the uh, bathroom and he goes, it, it's bulleted. Isn't that something that's hair cream or something, right? Well, he goes, he goes, he looks at the hairbrush and he goes, it's Yeah, like, I have a note on the dandruff. Yeah, yeah, well, he goes, It's bulleted. And I goes, oh, That's a weird saying to me. Like, I, I didn't quite get that. But, and then, but then he's like, He's like, There's dandruff. And he brushes his hand. He goes, It's dandruff. And she acts like, Well, we, she goes, Well, we better get out of here. Every well, that's back to my I'm like, point of because dandruff's contagious. Like <laughs> that was to my point last minute that anything he says is like, and that's why we should leave. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, there's dandruff in here. We must go. Like I just thought that was funny like, before we get it on us. Yeah, because dandruff is contagious. Yeah, that, that was my note. Is dandruff <laughs> contagious? There is a bit of a bad edit at the end of this minute when Elsie comes in. Yeah. Did you have a note on that? No. No? Oh. I have. It's just kind of. a jump or something? It's kind of a jump cut. It, I, I kind of noticed that, but I, I didn't. It's basically, it's a jump cut, not because the camera's on the same axis. We, we talk about this a lot. Continuity problem too. It's not really a continuity problem. It's like, um, so you can get a jump, a jump cut. Uh, folks out there, we talk about this a lot on our podcast, but uh, uh, a jump cut's when you basically have the camera on in in the same position, but then all of a sudden 
when, it, it just jumps time. When basically. there's a camera edit where from shot A to shot B, and the camera's basically on the same axis, shows a passage of time. Yeah, and a jump cut can be intentional or unintentional. Yeah, an unintentional jump cut would be. Like you something cut. we have here, and yeah. but you can get a jump cut here. Is you can get jump cuts when the camera's not moved enough, and so here we it looks like it moves all of about maybe five degrees or so, yeah, ten degrees. They basically cut to the same angle. Yeah, they're basically cutting to a slightly different angle, but it's not. You can get a jump. It feels like a jump uh, because you have not changed camera position enough and uh, and we get one of those here and most and likely what happened is they shot the scene like three times with three setups and then when they were editing all together they probably saw the jump cut and went and just like who cares well and the uh i i just don't these are all shot in fairly wide angles and yeah. i just don't think there's just a, i just don't think there's a lot of coverage on this scene mm -hmm. um and they shot this in the... Should I describe coverage, too? Yeah, you should. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coverage. So uh, coverage is... Uh, uh, the normal way to cover a scene is you would shoot it wide. Shoot the whole scene with a wide master. Everybody who's involved in the scene. Everybody who's involved in the scene is all shot. shot in one wide shot. Uh, then you would go to your medium, uh, basically waist up. Mm -hmm. And then you would shoot close-ups after that, and then you would shoot reverse. Any, you would shoot uh, reverses if you need to, and then over the shoulder, over the shoulders, mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. The action shots, and then you would shoot, um, and then lastly, you would shoot any sort of uh, close-ups that you would need. Inserts uh, of like when, like he's got to grab the photograph. Yeah, and those might be done that day, or could be done later. months later with a totally different hand. Yeah. Yep. Uh, usually the latter. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're thinking about it and you're well-planned, you do it that day. But uh, I, I've, I've noticed a lot of the, our minutes this week um, are almost completely covered in wides mm -hmm. with almost no editing at all. They're just... Which isn't a bad thing, but that's also evidence of like expeditious shooting. Yeah. Like, we got it. Well, let's go. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lehman, and, and this is no surprise to people who've studied Hitchcock, but Lehman said that everything with regards to this film was already worked out. As well, most every, Hitchcock, as most Hitchcock movies scene, are. Yeah. Right, and, right. And, well, and, uh, Hitchcock, Hitchcock uh, uh, famously uh, lamented shooting. It's the worst part of making a movie. You know, Lehman has a take on that. He goes, shooting the movie, he goes, it's, it's, it was boring to him because he'd already made the movie. He'd done all the storyboards. He'd done all the shots. He'd done all the writing. He'd done all the directing he needed to do. And then it was just a matter of. Right. And, I, and yeah. I've heard that. And that's from Hitchcock. But Lehman, yeah. is, it's interesting, has a different take. And I, I think that's goes, Hitchcock being a little. That's Hitchcock Lehman said that's Hitchcock being the the theatrical the the pompous kind the, of the, yeah. that uh uh because he did and Lehman saw he did enjoy the actual filming process. I think he loved to be on set. And he, but it was. But he famously does not like locations, and boy, does that show up in <laughs> this movie. Yes, and but he, that was cultivating his persona. Gotcha. And it was 
aren't you audiences lucky that I I went through this drudgery drudgery to make this film for you. Aren't you lucky? (laughs) So Lehman, it's interesting. Lehman's got a little different take. I I believe that a lot more. But he was unbelievably uh, prepared. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no... um, but this uh, that he that he that make Lehman does yeah the fact that he uh, 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 I, I don't think there was a lot of improv on a Hitchcock set no yeah. anyhow that's uh, that's all I got for this me too all right well, we're glad you guys uh, spent your last two weeks with us uh, and you can always hear Tyson and I on the Real Jaws Minute. If you uh, yep. can't get enough of us. Uh, and the Hitchcock Minute podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and you can hear it at the main website, HitchcockMinute.com. And we have social media. The man on Washington's nose is on Facebook, and we're on Twitter at the Hitchcock Minute. And there are over 100 other Movies by Minute podcasts available at MoviesByMinutes.com. And you should go there and check out those. There's a lot of great ones. Star Wars Minute. And Real Jaws Minute. That's another great one I hear. And uh, we'll see you here next time on Monday on the Hitchcock Minute. Well, we won't. Somebody else will. Well, I'll be listening. Yeah. So, bye. All right, bye. Bye. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.